Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to come here today and just speak about our testimony so that your listeners may hear. We just ask that you open their ears, give them the grace to keep this in their heart and move forward, leaving after this talk, making a difference in others' lives or maybe finding true love. And when they do find that love, that they may find it in the Father who is their example and their lead. And we ask all this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have two residents of San Antonio, Texas. However, they grew up here in Lafayette, Louisiana, and many of you know them, and it's Jessica and Brandon Bergeron. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're still Cajuns, by the way. Uh, I understand. Um, so they have given this talk a little bit. Um, they're both uh, had gone to LSU, and uh, the, the talk is entitled Relentless Pursuit. And it's a Cajun love story, and I'm going to just turn it over to them. You may not hear me again. So anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Who's opening it up? I'll go. Jess, go ahead. So I went to Catholic school my entire life. I went to Our Lady of Fatima and then St. Thomas More. Um, grew up in a very Catholic family, close-knit family. We went to Sunday Mass every single week. Never missed. Um, I was a Eucharistic minister at St. Thomas More. I led retreats at Fatima at St. Thomas More. Um, attended retreats. So I kind of consider myself the checklist Catholic. Um, I did all of the things. But when I look back on my life, I kind of realized that I knew of God. I didn't know God. And there's a big difference. Um, so at, at St. Thomas More, I had a love for tumbling. So I ended up making the cheerleading squad. And I think through that and through a class that we had together, I met my husband now, Brandon. Um, he was the big quarterback of the team <laughs> at the high school, and we started dating from there. And I was the opposite of her. Um, I came from more of a, a broken home. Uh, parents got divorced when I was 12 years old, and Sunday Mass was always kind of a struggle. Mom trying to get us out of bed to get there and uh, didn't always go and you know, faith was a part of it, but it wasn't the center of our family. Um, and I think that's what kind of led to the family being broken up. But um, I do remember I went to Cathedral and Carmel here in Lafayette. And while I was there, when I was a little kid, I remember praying really fervently. And I believe that prayer uh, really lasted me until I, I got older, because um, when I did fall away, especially in high school, um, those prayers were definitely being heard. And it led me to meeting Jessica, who was kind of the the good shoe for me while I was the the bad shoe going down the wrong path uh while my time at STM I never went to a single retreat uh never did anything in a religious campus ministry sort and we have millions of things that go on at STM as far as um faith-wise and I just rejected all those I, I was putting other things before me whether it was sports or friends or going and having fun and drinking and partying but uh once I met her uh she was like the light at the end of the tunnel, and she was the one who really started to, to pull out the good inside of me. It was one of those high school relationships where you break up, get back together, break up, get back together. Um, and so I would, I would bring him to Mass, and he would come, but it was more about just, you know, seeing people there. 
and I ended up going to his parties that he'd throw every weekend and started drinking and doing getting into those things and we laugh now because we said I love you in high school and we had no idea what love was at that point um so we date on and off we date senior year and then um college comes around and Brandon's looking for um a college to go play football and so while I was being recruited um I was had all these different offers but all the the bigger schools division one schools thought I was going to smaller schools and then the smaller schools thought I was going to the bigger schools so at the time um it was really hard for me to to find my place uh, and I felt like um I just kept asking God why am I not you know finding a place that's fit for me and um at that time it was really difficult because I didn't have a foundation in prayer I didn't have a foundation um you know just with family and friends to to really give me good advice and what I need to do um because I was always just shooting for the stars. I always wanted to, to be the big-time quarterback at a school like LSU or whatnot. Um, and so if you looked on the recruiting trail, all the names above me, um, whether they were a three-star or a four-star, um, they were all signed to schools. And then all the this, this people below me, whether they were a two-star or one-star, all were signed to schools. And then there was my name. And it didn't have a single school uh, that I was committed to. So I decided to go to Kansas and play junior college football and try and continue my recruiting process. And during that time, uh, Jessica and I decided to take a little break. Yeah, so I was doing my thing. I was going to LSU. I was going to be a sorority girl, and we were just going to allow ourselves to experience college um, separately. So we do that, and we were so wrapped up in in each other and in the relationship, we end up dating again, me being in Louisiana and him being in Kansas. Um, And... I like to say that I was so wrapped up in the relationship that I couldn't see it for what it was. Yeah, and I I was wrapped up in the thought of being with her when I was away. I mean, I was in a town of about 500. There was one street light. Um, there was cornfields around my football field where we would practice. I mean, I was in the middle of nowhere. And at night, you know, when sometimes you would say, what am I doing here? What is What is happening? But all the while I was there and when I was going there, I kept hearing from various people, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And at the time, being a 19, 18-year-old kid, I had no idea what that meant. Um, but on Sundays, I drove 30 minutes every Sunday to Mass when I was 18 years old. I don't know why I did it. Uh, there was no reason for me to do it. I didn't go with anyone. Uh, there wasn't a single Catholic on my football team. But I guess something inside me, maybe that little spark or that um, little spark from Jessica and her family of wanting to go to Mass on Sundays or just remembering those prayers as a kid, I just knew it was something I needed to do. So every Sunday, I drove 30 minutes. I went and sat in a church full of a lot older people than me (laughs) in a small little town and drove back. And I told my coach that uh, I, I just needed to do that, and I didn't know why at the time. So Brandon ended up not getting recruited um, to the school that he was looking for. So he ended up coming back home and walking on to LSU's football team. And that was we were both so excited. He's back home. He's going to be on the football team. He's going to be in the same school as me. Um, so he comes back home. Spring semester starts of freshman year. And it was just back to our old ways. We were fighting and arguing, and I would get so mad. And then the next day, I'm just telling him it's fine, it's okay, and I'd forget about it. And even my, my friends and my family were like, Jessica, just be careful, you know. And like I said, I, I was wrapped up in it. My identity was in Brandon, and that's what I realized. You live life forwards, but you understand it backwards. And um, I realized that my identity was in Brandon. 
And long story short, through that semester, we, ha- we broke up, and that one was for good. And um, when, when God takes something from you that is your identity, there's nothing there. There's nothing left. And I just felt broken, mad at God. Um, just, I didn't understand why he would t- take away the most important person in my life. And for me, my identity was trying to be the best I could in my sport. And my head at the time, when you join an LSU football team, it gets really, really big. Um, people are telling you how great you are. People are telling you um, how awesome things can be being on this team and doing this thing. And at the time, uh, we only had two scholarship guys, so I, I thought I really had a great opportunity. And at, at the time, you know, when you're a freshman and you just get there, um, you know, the partying scene, the guys are always wanting to go out. Coach says, don't go out on a Thursday night. And what does everybody do? The whole team goes out. And just the atmosphere that I was in um, really wasn't healthy and, and holy. It was more for selfishness. And um, it really led me down a darker hole. Um, and it really helped, didn't really help our, our relationship. And we really began to struggle. And So we had some mutual friends. And so I'd always hear things that Brandon was doing and kind of just tried to ignore it. But um, it took months and months. I would cry in my bed. Sometimes it was hard to wake up. Um, it was It was that bad. But um, through, through just a desperate prayer, I would get on my knees. I, I literally remember having construction paper that I would write on. I didn't even own a journal. Um, and I'd write a prayer to God, and I'd just ask him to help me, just to guide me to do something, because I needed hope. Um, and that was this very slow process, but God started pursuing my heart and romancing my heart. Um, and that summer, I came home. I stayed with my parents and uh, took school online from UL. And I just started becoming in love with God. Uh, I went back for sophomore year at LSU, uh, fall semester, and I really got involved at Christ the King, which is our, um, our church in Baton Rouge on LSU's campus. And I joined a Bible study. I started going to Mass every single day, and I loved it, and I craved it. And I started kind of forgetting about Brandon and other guys, too, honestly. That was just not a desire in my heart. Um, all I wanted to do was just figure out who God is and who I am. And during this time, for me, I went down a, a deeper and darker hole, um, filling my time in Tigerland, filling my time with different girls. And, you know, it, it really led down to, for me to understand that everything is temporary. And every time you went through those moments, you, it was passing. It didn't last, and it, it wasn't something you could hold on to. And in my heart, I, I still had a place for her and... I knew that she was that good rock, that good soul that I needed in my life, and she was that witness for me. Um, so at that time, I got a, a phone call from a man that I met my freshman year in high school and that was friends with her dad, and his name was Calvin James. And he co-hosts on this radio show at times, Mr. Todd. Um, and Mr. Calvin called me relentlessly, I mean, every day, and he would send me scripture and he'd send me, you know, different things to read. and. At first, I just ignored him. At first, I just pushed it off. And finally, one day, after just a long night, I woke up the next morning just, just feeling awful, feeling like I, I can be better than this. And I remember I got on my knees for the first time, probably since I was a little kid. And all I said was, Lord, I'm done doing what I want to do. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. And that simple prayer led to a great, beautiful transition. So, like I said, I was on fire at this point. It was fall semester of our sophomore year. I was going to Mass every day. And then all of a sudden, I see Brandon in daily Mass. And I'm like, what is he doing here? 
Um, but like I said, I was I had one goal, and that was to focus on God, so I didn't really let that bother me. Um, so I ended up signing up for this Catholic conference that Christ Thinking was promoting. It was in Nashville, um, and it was called SEEK. It was a big Catholic conference for college students. So that happened over winter break of our um, sophomore year. So I went to SEEK, and my heart was just drawn to every single dating talk. They said, um, how to save your marriage before meeting your spouse, and college dating 101, all these dating talks. And I learned so many good things about what we were doing and what we were supposed to be doing. And one, one thing that I remember is that they said, when you're looking for someone you know, to date, don't run after Mr. Right, but run after God with everything you have and keep running. And then look to the left or right and see who can keep up. And that's one thing that stuck out to me. So it was an amazing conference, and we're on the bus ride home, and all I can think about is Brandon, (laughs) and it frustrated me because he wasn't on my heart before. I was doing good. I didn't need that anymore, but all these dating talks, God put him back on my heart again, and so I go home, and I'm kind of bottling it up. I don't want to tell anyone that he's on my heart again, and um, I end up walking to Mass um, from um, campus, daily Mass, like I always did with my friend, and Father Josh Johnson was the priest for this Mass, and um, for the- priest rapping priest yeah so for the homily we sit down and he he literally says has anyone ever hurt you really bad in the past and my friend that was sitting next to me knew the story with Brandon and I so we just start laughing and he says right now you need to forgive that person and I never thought about forgiving Brandon that never crossed my mind and he said right now you're at Calvary you need to offer this mass up for that person he said when Jesus was on the cross he was being beat and whipped and he looked up and said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing He said, when you forgive them, it doesn't mean that your trust is back in them or that you're reconciled with them, but it means that you love them enough as a brother or sister in Christ that you want to see their soul get to heaven. And so it was very obvious for me. I knew I need to um, offer that mass up for Brandon. So I did that, and I'm I'm walking out the church, and uh, I'm like, wait, should I forgive him in person? Is that something that I need to do? So I turn back around, and I go ask Father Josh, and he goes, oh, yeah, I had lunch with Brandon last week. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, now he's having lunch with priests. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Brandon and Jessica Bergeron, and they're telling their Cajun love story entitled Relentless Pursuit. And really, it's relentless pursuit of God for their hearts or, or pursuit of their, themselves, but uh, enjoying the story. So y'all continue on. So at that same time, yeah, I met with Father Josh, and my first meeting, all I really wanted to know is I've been at Catholic school my whole life is, well, how do we know that Jesus is really in the Eucharist? And I just went and got lunch with him, and I, I just wanted to ask him, like, basically, why am I Catholic? Why why have I been Catholic my whole life? Why should I come back? You know, why why should I believe in the Eucharist? And at the time, you know, he gives a really good answer, and um, one that I'm sure was be very more meaningful now than it was then. But at the time, um, it was more of me just consistently having to show up. And that was the one thing he just kept telling me to do is just, to continue to show up, even if you don't receive anything, just to continue to keep going to Mass and keep trying to find Jesus in the Eucharist. And at times, there will be times of doubt. But he said, without a doubt, it is why he is a priest, is because of the Eucharist, because Jesus is fully present there. And sure enough, um, I started to go to Mass more and more based off of his request. And uh, I slowly saw a transformation in who I was just as a person and how I treated people, how I went about my everyday life. Um, but it also started to reveal to me all my faults and wash away a lot of that sin. And I remember um, I finally decided to go to confession after a very long time. And I probably went to confession for about an hour and a half. <laughs> I, went, I went in Father's office and 
I just spilled my guts of, you know, a couple years of just really bad decisions. And, and not that I was a bad person or anything, just I was doing the wrong thing and I was being led in the wrong way. And young men out there, they always need a good father figure. They need a good uh, male figure to, to look after. And, and the male figures in my life at the time just really weren't weren't getting me where I needed to be. Um, and there was a lot of hurt there. So that confession really, really broke me down and led me back into prayer, uh, and which led me to start thinking about Jessica and how I really had hurt her. So in that conversation with Father Josh, he said, hey, maybe I'll need to meet up. You'll haven't spoken in like a year, probably. Obviously, God's doing stuff in your heart and he's doing his stuff in Brandon's heart. Maybe y'all should meet up. But he said two things. One, don't go with expectation because you don't want to get hurt again. And the second thing Father Josh told me was, um, don't give him your heart because he doesn't deserve that right now. So I'm like, okay. So I stepped foot off the church and I called Brandon. And uh, we ended up meeting up somewhere on campus at LSU. And um, Brandon just said, I need to tell you something. And he, he told me that he didn't save his body for marriage. And he wanted to do that for me. And he wanted to do that for himself. And he was going off of his desires and what his friends and his, were telling him to do in the moment. And um, it was one of the hardest things I've ever heard. But I think when you... When you look back, God was preparing my heart that entire past year to hear that. Because if I would have heard that any other time, I don't know what I would have done. But um, God had given me the peace to to know that and just to love Brandon in that spot. Because God loves us for who we are, not for what we've done. And the the true story of all this is is the forgiveness. Um, no matter what, her heart was always ready to forgive. And I, I kept praying before we had that meeting that I wouldn't hurt her again uh, with this story. But I knew that she needed to know the truth. Um, so I, I just kept praying and praying before we met that she, I could have the courage to say it and that she could have, you know, the, the heart to receive it and forgive me. And right then and there, she just said, I forgive you. And whether she meant it right away or not, like she spoke the words right out loud and they had meaning and they had purpose. And so when I had left there, um, we were both, you know, torn up inside and I just started bawling, crying and I'm a ball of mush and I call Mr. Calvin and I tell him the whole story, how I told her, you know, what my past was like and, and how it really hurt and this and that. And he goes, well, you know what's happening right now? The reason you're crying is this is true repentance. This this is what repentance looks like. And that was my first true, true, true encounter of understanding God's forgiveness and his repentance. And it was through my now wife and the guidance of Mr. Calvin. And I also left that meeting crying, but I went to my apartment, passed it up, and drove straight to Christ the King and just sat in front of the tabernacle. And I remembered a, another quote from Seek that I learned, and they said, you don't long for happiness, you long for peace. And that moment, I was not happy. I was very hurt. But at the same time, I had peace, knowing that I would be able to get through this with the help of God. Um, so that was January of our sophomore year. And that entire spring semester, Brandon slowly and purely started pursuing my heart. Very um, slow. <laughs> And just in during the day, not, not in, in drinking scenes or at night, and um, just in very pure ways. And so that led us to um, Father Josh was hosting a mission trip, and he we were going to go down from Christ the King to Jamaica. And there's it's in Kingston. It's this very impoverished area, and all the disabled people are left aside from society, and they put them in these little homes. And so they were picking 12 guys and 12 girls. But at the church, guys were a lot easier to get in. And so Father Josh, you know, he encouraged me, he said, you should come on this mission trip. Um, but girls, there was a lot. I don't know how, maybe 100 or 
you know, 50 or so all wanted to go. So they had to pick out of a hat. And so my name got picked. Um, so Brandon and I, we both went and I didn't even know that he had signed up at the time. I really didn't until like last minute. Um, so we both go on the trip and I, so they also told us on seek dating leads to two things, breakup or marriage. And it sounds obvious, but like, that's very powerful. And so when Brandon started pursuing me again, I was pretty much discerning marriage at that point because I did not want to break up with him again. Like we've always done. So we go on this mission trip and I'm, I know that I'm there to serve and not worry about Brandon. So first day we get split up, the boys and the girls get split up for the entire trip. There was like a miscommunication and we really don't see each other the whole time. And when we get split up, Father Josh says, okay, guys, I want you to pick a girl, and I want you to pray for her every day during this mission trip, and we're going for eight days. So obviously, I chose Jessica, <laughs> and at the time, you know, I'd been slowly pursuing her, and it had gotten to the point where we were getting closer, but I was always cautious to take that next step, and I knew if we're going to date again, like this is it, that we've gone through it all, we're, we're going to finally just fully pursue each other, and like she said move on to marriage one day and every day I prayed for her and I wrote her a letter while we were there and as the mission trip goes on we don't see each other I mean she's stuck in a a convent and really can't do as much and she starts doing different groups we thought we'd be together and she's kind of scared because we're in Kingston and um, you know it's it's kind of a violent place and it's run down and the guys are going to do their own thing and I'm in a warehouse during the day So um, we went to an orphanage one day and this little kid had jumped on me and I was sitting in a weird position and I actually tore my meniscus on the trip. And yeah, that happened. So one day when everyone else went to work, I stayed back with our spiritual director, Miss Julie Holden. I stayed back in the garden at the convent and we just rested and had a relaxing day because I I really couldn't walk. And so um, I'm praying in the garden and I'm just thinking about my entire past with Brandon and everything going on. And Miss Julie looked at me and she said, Jessica, you cannot be afraid to love. And she said, you could be holding back a blessing from God if you don't go with what you're getting in prayer. And I said, Miss Julie, it sounds good in prayer. Everything looks good. But when I walk away from prayer, I remember prom when we were fighting or uh, homecoming when we were just drunk and yelling at each other. And she said, but that's that's not in consolation. You have That's the devil. You have to go with what you're getting in prayer because the devil is going to try to distort your ways. And... Um, and so with that, she just kind of made me realize that I was ready. Um, I was ready to to start this relationship again with Brandon. And so I wrote him a letter in my journal, but I closed it and I put it away. I'm like, you know what? We're on a mission trip. We can deal with this when we get home. And so for me, you know, I was trying to get the courage to really come forward and, and ask her to, to date me again and to, to fully allow me to pursue her and, and hopefully one day marry her. And so I wrote the a letter every day for her and I prayed for her every night and when you go stay we stayed with brothers that are full-time ministry out there and I mean it's rough conditions no AC um, I mean it's you're eating chicken wings and and bat probably or whatever <laughs> who knows um, but while we're there they have morning prayer evening prayer night prayer I mean while you're working they stop to pray so you're constantly in prayer as you're working everywhere you go and as I did my walk and I'm seeing these different people who are disabled and have all these different struggles in life, um, you know, I see Jessica and the beauty of her forgiveness for me and, and the conversion that was happening in my life. So I was praying that her heart would be ready to take that next step. And I prayed that every night. But one night um, I decided to go to adoration. They had perpetual adoration where we were staying. And 
I'm in there for a while, and I I knew on my heart that the next day I was gonna we we're gonna see each other because we were all going to this waterfall. We we're finally having a day where we could get together, and I knew that night I was gonna write her a letter and ask her to take the next step and be my girlfriend again. Yeah, so like you said, that next day we were finally going to be all together, the girls and the boys, and we got to go on a beach and just have a hamburger and a Coke and enjoy our time together. So we're in the water, and Brandon and I start talking, and I, you know, I was like, you know what, I have something to read to you. So we, we go off into the sand, and, and I open up my journal and read him the letter. And I say, I think God, who is love, pulled us apart to teach us what real love is. And I think I'm ready to take this next step with you. And he's looking over at me, and he's making faces, and I'm like, what? He's like, you're not going to believe this. So the night before, I had wrote the exact same letter. And when I tell you all, the, the words and the letters were basically the same thing. It's like the Holy Spirit was writing both of our letters for us. And off in the distance is all the people who came on the mission trip and Father Josh, and they're in the water, and they know what's happening from both ends, but we didn't know what was happening. So they see us, and we hug. and They're all cheering <laughs> they're for all us. They're all cheering for us. And it was just a very Holy Spirit moment. And like she said, God had to pull us apart pull the love apart so that we can learn to love the Father first and understand what true love is before we can love each other. And our story is just a testimony of, as a male, the relentless pursuit that a male has to have for a woman um, and the, the purging of their sins and the purging of who they are and, and the woman and their forgiveness and their patience with the male at times, especially when the male has, has really uh, struggled in my part. Wow. I mean, I forgot I was in the booth, y'all. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, so... As Paul Harvey says, there's always the rest of the story. And for those of you who don't know Brandon and Jessica, and I know many of you do, uh, the, 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 the hat drop is that Jessica is my daughter and Brandon is my son-in-law. And I had a part in this, a uh, small part. You know, um, Jessica came to me when things were tough, and I, I definitely advised her to just dig into your faith. And, uh, and she did. And I'll tell my quick funny story. We're running out of time, but we're going to have a part two segment next week. I want everyone to tune in and hear the rest of their story. But um, when Brandon went off to Kansas to play football, um, he was just brokenhearted to leave home, I think, as much as leaving Jess, but leaving home. And so I gave him my Bible that I had, and um, and it was something that was close to, that I had had, but it looked like he needed it more than me. And so I gave it to him, and um, and I didn't think he'd, he'd ever open it or use it, but I was hopeful, you know, and I think he really did. I know we visited him, and it was near his bed. But um, when they broke up, uh, I told Jessica, I said, I want my Bible back. <laughs> I said, you know, that Bible meant a lot to me, and I don't want you to ask him for it unless you're sure y'all are going to break up. And one day later, Jessica got the, went, knocked on Brandon's door and got the Bible back, <laughs> and I felt so terrible. And so, you know how, how, mother, how our mothers are. They, she was protecting Jessica, and she didn't want to have nothing to do with Brandon. And uh, so I, I went out and bought Brandon a new Bible because I felt so terrible about it. And I told Calvin to give that to Brandon. And uh, my wife says, I hope you didn't, go, you, you, didn't, you didn't buy that Bible, right? <laughs> oh, no, Calvin bought that Bible. I have no idea how I got that Bible. But that's the rest of the Bible story. And you're going to hear a whole lot more on the next segment. Uh, the rest of their story is better. And, um, and, and we're going to get into that real soon. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, today's guest was Brandon and Jessica Bergeron. They're talking about their relentless pursuit and their Cajun love story. And I've been honored to have a front row seat. And so, again, I challenge everyone to tune in uh, next week because the, the rest of the story is a blockbuster. Until then, uh, God bless. And you've been listening to Cajun Catholics.